What's up, fam? It's Randy B. Thank you for joining Conversations with Randy B, where we chop it up about all things Black in a candid, fun, lively, intriguing, and raw way. Let's get started. All right, so Mr. Theodore, my friend Ted, thank you for joining me on Randy B or Conversations with Randy B today. How I'm you doing? Great. Any day I wake up is a great day. You know my mind. You know, I'm just happy I woke up. Everything <laughs> worked. I don't need them blue pills. I'm good. Uh, well, I <laughs> like that attitude. Well, speaking of flu pills, you are my friend who started Healthy by Homecoming, uh, the site that a lot of us folks get together and help motivate each other. Like, what made you start that? Like, you're not a doctor or anything, no, right? Not, so what made you start not that? not even close, Randy. I mean, you've been knowing me for a while, and I always thought I was big sexy. And about, uh, <laughs> about uh, I guess it was five or six years ago, I was working out with a friend of mine. I was a medical doctor, and I had gotten some blood work back, and it turns out my body fat percentage was about 27%, which isn't bad, you know, 40 Mm-hmm. Well, 45, 46 year old black man, 27% body fat, athletic is 15 to 17, okay, is, but I was 360 pounds. And mm-hmm. so it was a lot of muscle. You know, if you did the percentages, I was walking around with about 270 pounds of muscle and 100 pounds of, excuse my language, bullshit. And um, <laughs> my doc, my friend, you know, you know how we are, you know, brother, mm-hmm. he's a doctor. He was like, dog, he's like, you ain't going to make 50. He said, let's do some math. He said, your one heart is pumping blood through two decently in shape 180-pound men. He was like, mm. and you only get so many beats per lifetime. So, you know, I decided to, you know, get on my program. Um, I'm down to 250 right now. You know, I, I think Fantastic. okay. And you, you've seen my transformation. Um, yeah, absolutely. And what happened, I started this group. Uh, getting ready for homecoming. You know how we are at HBCUs. You know, everybody want to be mm-hmm. sexy by homecoming. And, Absolutely. Got to get cute. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? It was January of 2014. No, excuse me, 2015. Mm. And, oh, wow. We're five years old. Damn. Just <laughs> Happy five birthday. Years old, like this month. Um, mm-hmm. January 2015, I started a group. It was seven people in the group. And now I have mm-hmm. uh, 2,500 people following me. And what I do is I just promote health. And it's called Healthy by Homecoming. It was specifically aimed at first at Tuskegee alumni. Then it went to SIAC alumni, which is Morehouse, Spelman, um, in those schools, uh, Santa mm-hmm. State, uh, a few of them. And then it got into the SWAC with Southern and Grambling. And then it moved over into the MEAC. And now the two schools that I think post the most would be FAMU and Tuskegee, but that's not limiting us. And I have a few people that went to PWIs and they they post about their journey. So it it became like a black health journey and and it moved and it grew. And I have doctors uh, who post statistics on, you know, hey, you know, you should do this. Um, Next year at homecoming, you'll be speaking about mental health. Hopefully you'll be helping us out with diversity and inclusion and why y'all gonna have somebody crazy speak? Because I'm supposed to be an example. <laughs> we got, we got, dang, we have, you know, Tuskegee is the largest producer of black uh, veterinarians in the country. We're gonna talk about animal health next year. Um, we have Tata, who is a fitness guru, Carlos, who is a fitness guru, 
uh, Dr. Monica Williams. They'll be talking about health. So we've we've really grown this thing. But there's something in the news that's been kind of messing with me, uh, Randy. And okay. before that, I want to give you some statistics because you know how I am. I like to pack everything. Mm-hmm. Pack. You like those numbers, yeah. Um, right now, 13.5% of all Black people in this country would be considered ill in some way, form, or fashion. That is the Center for Disease Control stat. By something, excuse me, mm. by a preventable illness. We're not talking about something you're born mm. with genetically. 13.5% of Black people in this country have some form of hypertension, high blood pressure, whatever, that can be prevented through proper nutrition and exercise. Um, I'm about to give you another statistic. Uh, <clears throat> 37.5% of Black males as of the year 2017 which is the latest year that we have stats for it. A new set of statistics will be coming out this year um, in the next couple of months from the CDC. They generally do it every two or three years to get accurate statistics. Um, so 37.5% yeah. of black men age 20 and over are considered obese. Uh, percentage of women age 20 over, 56.1%. Um, hypertension, 20 and over. Uh, for men, 40.5% of black men have hypertension in some way, form, or fashion. And that can be, you know, we're going through a lot, so I'm not sure if I'm Well, I'm about to say, you know, <laughs> being a black, it's hard. Like, it's going to stretch you out. Shit. I mean, we have a right to have high blood pressure. It is our right. 44%. Now, let's talk about this Lizzo thing. And, and, and so, can I get your feedback on what you think it is? Because um, she's going at it with some famous Hollywood dietitian, you know, um, he's not even a dietitian. He's a social commentator, like I am. Uh, um, voice, voice Watkins. He talks not, mainly about financial literacy in the black community. The oh, because he does somebody else. Going oh, at it with. oh, yeah. oh, the little census, uh, yeah. yeah. a little thin so, white woman. Um, uh huh. What, what's, mm-hmm. what's your take on that? Or you, would you like me to give you mine and then give me a little feedback on it? Right. Yeah, you want you so, go ahead and drop your one of the uh, hardest things first. for me to hear was my ace boom best friend Carlos and my boy that's a doc, Doc Boogie up in New York, who a doctor say, Ted, you gotta lose some weight. Now, you know, I ain't never had low self-esteem. You know, if it was yeah, I could have mm-hmm. been in a room with Denzel Washington and Idris Elba, and if it was two women in there, I thought I was gonna pull one. For real. Like I, you know, I ain't never had low right. self-esteem, but that's not what this was about. We're talking about health. And the reason I gave those statistics previous to that is sometimes I think we're normalizing something that shouldn't be normalized. I don't think people are saying, oh, you're big, so you can't Mm -hmm. sing, or you're big and you can't wear a bikini. I think that's what they're saying. Mm -hmm. All we're, I'm saying, I can't speak for anybody else. All I'm saying is we need to live a little longer. Some of these things are preventable. We need to, to, take you know a little bit better care of ourselves i don't think our weight has any bearing on our value our physical beauty our worth in any way form or fashion but it does have bearing on our health and i'm sick and tired of seeing my people drop Mm -hmm. at 25 30 45 50 55 from things that could have prevented with you know a few glasses of extra, extra few glasses of water each day and a little walk and it's hard to hear it because, you know, you're talking about mm-hmm. a guy who, you know, I was pretty athletic most of my life. I'm still in the dojo. I'm still working out. And I was still carrying a lot of weight. So I didn't want to hear it until 
the doctor told you know until my boy that's a doctor was like dog you know like you ain't gonna make it like yeah your blood sugar is okay today but right. when it's not it's going to go and it's going to go fast so what's your take on it you know dang, you know it's like complex you know like everything with me on one hand yeah i mean i hear that sentiment of course we need to be healthy and i work out because you know my people like you know my in my family they don't we don't live long so i had a lot of warnings that i needed to make sure that i took care of this body right and you know i am you know i do like to you know <laughs> wear certain things inappropriate sometimes <laughs> for old person <laughs> all right but um what bothers me about it is like people feel so comfortable calling out people who may have on some extra pounds like I think it's the only like I think it's even people who are racist even like they'll hide their racism but people feel like it's okay to publicly call out people who may have extra weight on them so so I'm kind of protective because that's a little bit annoying to me right so that bothers me um and particularly when you have this very thin white woman calling out this uh, black woman. And that's another thing. It always seems like when they're calling people out, it's my sisters. And that annoys me because I feel like we just get it all the time and people feel comfortable giving us stuff. So like, if, you, if you're if you coming at me like your boy did, who's a doctor and it's in a loving way and it's private, like, let me talk to you because I love you. That's different than making it like a whole media right. situation. Right. Like a lot of people so- have done. And, and I get that. And like I said, sometimes it's the messenger and how the in tone, you know, it, it's being frank. I remember mm-hmm. my dad was uh, talking to a guy one time. I was little. And my father, I guess he was threatening the dude, but the guy mouthed off a little bit. My father said, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of cats get their ass whooped, not because of what they say, but because of the tone in which they say it. And I'm sitting there, you know, I'm eight years old. Absolutely. And I'm like, you know, wow, you know, pops. <laughs> and the guy looked at him and is, I just remember his voice inflection changed, but I, re- I remember that. But so in that, I'm like, okay, cool. I get it. Um, I'm with you. And I have to look at this through two pair of eyes because when, yeah. it, when people told me, it was always coming from somebody that was a health guru or somebody that had been big like this particular thin white woman. She used to be obese. So I guess she felt comfortable saying something, but you know, those are, yeah. But she didn't have to say yeah. it publicly. Like yeah. she doesn't know her. She doesn't know Lizzie. That's not her girl. And what, and I think another thing is that we have to talk about gender. You know, like so much of our uh, beauty. You know, people feel comfortable always commenting on a woman's looks. And so when they're talking about our weight, oftentimes we feel as if they're yeah. talking about our looks, right? And I, I get that that's not you, but I'm saying that's where it you know, we become very sensitive because you feel as if someone is commenting on your looks. Um, And it also just seems as if, again, it's always women that people are talking about and they never talk as frequently about a man's weight, right? Or even like my girls and I will talk about, you know, we'll be out and a brother who is big, you know, who, you know, is big, like soft big. We ain't talking about big muscle big. We ain't talking about former football player yeah. big. We talking yeah. about just big, just just big. And he is very confident to come up to a woman who clearly, you know, <laughs> spent some time in the gym. But you know what I'm saying? He don't have any problems, yeah. right? Like, what's up, right? And I, you know, and I always tell people like, 
I don't. I wouldn't want nobody with bigger titties than me. Okay, no man can. I, I'm gonna well, have no, the biggest titties in the relationship. Like, I saw a really out of shape guy walk up to mm-hmm. a really fit young lady, and that's why I'm laughing and tell her how mm-hmm. to do an exercise. And I and she looked. You know, I see her in the gym all the time. She's one of the trainers. She just happened to be working out, and she looked at me and shook her head because we've had that conversation. And she's just like, I think that's that. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Uh, when I was reading your book, never says it talks about, and I was like, "Wow, you mm. know, I, I need to get him a copy of that book because you know there are certain things <laughs> you shouldn't say, particularly if you look a certain way, um, or it doesn't look like you're doing the same exercise using the same form, so to speak." So that's I get right. I get so it's it's gender. So I think like with anything, you have to one like like look at yourself are you saying things with honestly the right intention are you judging this person differently because this person's a female or um you know older or younger or whatever and so but I do believe that we have to make fitness health a priority in our community because we do want to live right but also then Ted what I want you to discuss though is why do you think that's a different challenge in the African-American community? Man, that, that's a great question. Being healthy. And I, I remember um, mm-hmm. when I was, uh, I was doing something, uh, man, it was something mm-hmm. that you would say, Ooh, black people do that all the time. And my mother pulled me to the side and just think of some of the things we do that, that might be a little crazy, you know, and my mother said, never practice ignorance mm-hmm. in the name of tradition. And, you know, my mother had a way of saying things, hmm. she would say it and walk out the room so you couldn't even respond. You couldn't even give her no back talk. Like, she just left you with a thought. <laughs> and I was thinking about some of the hmm. things we eat now in some of our behaviors back back in the day. You know, um, uh, a lot of red meat, a lot of fried food, a lot of rice, um, things like that. Things that, you know, raise your cholesterol and raise your blood sugar. And then you have to factor in the fact that we ain't really eating the healthiest food nowadays, even though it's supposed to be healthy. A lot of this food is processed. And we all... Well, but, but Ted, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. People say be, you know, conscientious of your weight and your health. But we have to be real about how much more difficult it is. One, you know, we are often coming from a different socioeconomic level. And we all know that it is much less expensive to buy two liter of soda than it is to buy juice. It's, you know, salad is more expensive than it is to buy, you know, potato chips. If I'm having to feed a family and I'm on a fixed income, it's much cheaper for me to get a bucket of um, uh, fried chicken than it is for me to get some food that's healthier. I saw an article yesterday that the three top restaurants right now that Americans are going to is Wawa, 7-Eleven, and the other one was like a gas station, like something like that. Because we're talking price. Yeah, because of price and economics. So, you know, if I can go in and buy some taquitos, right, and feed my family, or, you know, it's a lot cheaper. And so people kind of say to do things, these things, but they are they being realistic about how easy it is to do it? You know, we have these food deserts. Um, in a lot of neighborhoods that are predominantly African-American um, where there is not a yeah. real grocery store. There's kind mm-hmm. of these corner stores. Um, and so 
you know, if people don't have cars, it means very difficult to get food that is one healthy, even if you can afford it. No, 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 no. You're you're absolutely correct with that. And so that makes the education of the people even that more important. That makes being educated even that more important because with education comes behavioral change. It might be something as small as man, you know, let me let me get this bag of frozen broccoli as opposed to this bag of, of French fries. You know, um but it it's a, Right, but where else can I get a dollar yeah, menu, though, Ted? Right. I mean, make that, that that dollar menu is like, you know, that is I'm not, no, no, survival no, I'm not for it, it tons of people. It can't be done. I'm saying it's just going to be yeah. a process with getting it done. It changes with it just, you know, us talking to our extended family and some of our friends and saying, hey, you know, let's drink some water. In the case of Flint, you can't even drink the damn water, so... And that's 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 a uh-huh. situation where you know if Flint was full of middle class white folks with dogs, um, and they knew the dog, yeah, dogs, <laughs> with dogs. I'm glad I, you I added that dogs with dogs because they they don't they care more. And uh-uh. Let's just keep it real. To us, looking at it through my eyes, it seems almost like they care more about their pets than they do about you know yes. uh, black lives. So with that, we have to you know continue to I, I like to think I'm doing something with Healthy by Homecoming. I wish I could have taken screen screenshots of about the 40 or 50 people who have inboxed me over the last year and said, Ted, you know, thank you so much. I've really changed my eating habits. I've changed this. You know, when I go see my mom now, I bring these kind of foods and she's starting to change and boom, boom, boom. And that's it. You know, if I never did this, that's 40 or 50 people I wouldn't have touched. Yeah, I wish I could touch 2,500 people. I have 25 to 2,500 people. You but, will. Um, and it's it's like, don't give up and just do your part. If you change just one life with this education and knowledge about eating right. But then, Randy, you know, we talk, let's talk about health care. Well, yeah, that's what is. But let me just say one thing because uh, that it, it kind of goes back to what we were saying before. I think one thing that you do on your site is that it's also a judgment-free yeah. jo- zone. So, you know, I go on there. You know, we joke a lot. I like that people who, you know, are just trying to get their sexy back. And they'll show yeah. real pictures. So it's not like, you know, this place where everybody's like a no. size two or anything. And so going back to talking to people about changes they should make, going back to what you said about Lizzo, nobody wants yeah. to feel judged. And so I think that Lizzo is feeling very judged and attacked right now. And that's probably the issue that she has and I have and a lot of people have with it. But is there, can there be a loving conversation about someone about improving their health? I think that is a wonderful thing to do for someone you love, but it's just the way it's done. Just like your mama says, and your daddy said that tone of voice and continuing yeah, and, with you know, the let's, ignorance. Let's spend some time with our family and let's just support each other. And that's one of the things Um, You know, we talk about HBCUs and family and even, you know, um, where I work, for example, uh, me and some of the other uh, people of color, particularly black people and uh, a few of the Latino people, you know, we kind of support each other, you know, Um, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, yo, man, do it like this, not like that. And I'm telling you this because I want you to get this promotion. I need you to go for this certification. I need you to do this, this, that and the other. 
And that's what I that's what I want Healthy by Homecoming to do. And also, you know, I, I love the way people say, hey, you know, you lost five pounds. Don't give up. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody like, oh, you know, you lost five mm-hmm. pounds. You still 260, Ted. You know, you still 250. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, it's like, you know, when somebody says, you know what, I've been in the gym all week. And that's that's what I put it out there for. It's supposed I don't want any judgment on Healthy by Homecoming. I don't want anybody like, oh, you still look like such and such because everybody got their own journey. And at the end of the day, we're just trying to be better than who we were yesterday. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. And Amen so to that. that. But I do want to reinforce the health thing, the health part of this thing. Nobody, you know, or at least nobody should be doing it. Um, but nobody knows your worth except for you. But at the same time, I think, you know, we, we want to be here. I think I'm looking at the Lizzo thing and I'm looking at it from both standpoints. I'm like, man, you know, I get it. My sister like, yo, back up off me. On the flip side, I get it. I'm like, yo, sister, you know, I want you to be 75, 80, 85 years old up there doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, she does seem kind of healthy, though, because she could do more moves but- and stuff than I could ever do. I mean, the fact that she's up there grooving like she's grooving and singing, like, I don't know, the heart and the lungs well, seem like they're in good shape. I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, sometimes you can't necessarily no, say no, someone's not healthy no. because they got, you know, One of the things extra Doc pounds. told me, and I was like, dude, you know, my blood sugar, this, mm-hmm. my, 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 my blood pressure, that, you know what I'm saying? Like, boom, boom, I'm good. He was like, mm-hmm. you're good until you're not. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, and he asked mm-hmm. me a question that hit home. He said, Ted, um, we were in Southern California at the time. I was living in San Diego at the time. And he said, when's the last time you saw a 320-pound mm-hmm. man walking around 80 years old, taking a hike? Wow. And he was like, you know, I see, you know, you hike, you walk up the hills, you know, you run, you're doing all this. He was like, but when's the last time you saw a 75, 80-year-old man do it? And so, you know, it's, it's always, like I said, it's who says what, not necessarily what they're saying sometimes. So, you know, yeah, thank you. I and how they I've been say trying it. to get feedback with you know with you know with with some people and I'm kind of apprehensive about bringing it up because I'm like how did that make you feel and it's like are we cool enough for me to ask you how does this person make you feel because I don't want to get snapped on because you know I'm really you know like <laughs> what the hell you mean by that you know what I'm saying so uh, I'm trying to be mm-hmm. careful you know I'm I'm moving into this diversity and inclusion role at work where I'm leading that and so I'm like man I gotta really think about some of the things that come out of my mouth even more so than I used to and I thought yeah. I was always a pretty culturally racially gender sensitive person but we all have our inborn what do you call them biases yeah. we have to be careful mm-hmm. of Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. So, like, have you ever had anybody on the page? Like, what would you say is your greatest challenge that people are, you know, that you, that you um, have on the page? I've had people make mm. comments about, uh, man, the gym is going to be packed with fair weather fans this year. And, I'm, you know, sometimes I'll just put a little comment or if I think it's too harsh, I'll remove it and then I'll notify them. But sometimes things can be just a teachable moment. And so, you know, I'm like, yo, mm. dude, you know, even if they just work out for two or three months and then they quit, as like, you know, fall down, what's the old uh, Chinese saying? Fall down seven, get up eight. You know, I said, this might be the yep. year where they get up and they stay up. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, let's, let's right. be a little bit less harsh. 
And then sometimes I know it's two people that are cool with each other and they're going back and forth, but everybody don't know that y'all were at FAMU together 30 years ago. And that, you know, you her godmother, mm-hmm. her children's godmother or, you know, his son's godfather. They don't know y'all cool like that. So I need y'all to kind of back up off some of that language that you use with each other because people are going to find, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, be cool with that judgment because I want people to put their pictures up and say, hey, I lost, you know what? my blood sugar level just went down to my HA1C just went down to 5.9. It's been 6.6 my whole life. You know, I want them to say mm-hmm. my blood pressure just went down to 142 and it's been 180 my whole life. And I just got off meds. You know, I don't need anybody to be teased because they don't think, you know, you don't fit the quote unquote societal standard for what they think uh, you should, what you, you should look like or be like, because you know, y'all, we, Oh, well, okay. okay. I'm glad you said that societal standard, because that's one thing I've been thinking about. You know, travel yeah. is my thing, right? And, you know, they're always talking about Black folks and our weight and our poor eating. But one thing I, I will say that we have as I travel the world uh, is that I think that white folks have, white Americans have the craziest body issues of anybody I've ever, and anybody in the world. Right? So, when I'm everywhere else, when I'm in brown countries, whether they be Latinos or um, um, Africans, um, people have a body confidence and um, that you just do not see with white Americans in this country. And so while we may have issues physically, I find that white Americans have a lot of issues oh, with body yeah. Um, mentally and so they're never quite skinny enough they're never so while like yes that some people may feel that Lizzo could lose some weight I love the fact though that she yeah. has body confidence and you know a sister a sister will have a hundred extra pounds and walk and sway and feel so sexy and dress sexily and I find like in, in community, you know, a lot of white women will be a size two and just be stressed out and not eating and not feeling sexy. And, you know, just even with the advent, I mean, I think that if we live, Black Americans were in other countries, we wouldn't be doing the same amount of like, um, what do they call it? Plastic surgery and things like that. Like the issues are oh, deep yeah. here in America. I, I agree. And the and mental so, body I mean, issues. With that, when you look at... Um... What I can't remember. It might have been Cosmo or Bazaar, one of them, and they talked about, um, and I hate to bring this guy's name up because I, I think he's committed a type of treason against his mom that I hope I'm never capable of. But mm-hmm. Kanye West said black women or black people weren't culture leaders. And Cosmo, there was a writer in Cosmo, Bazaar, and GQ magazine that said, no, most people around the world follow black folks. I'm here in Sunnyvale where the population might be three or 4% black. Everywhere you go, if you were to close your eyes, you would think you heard black youth, you hear black jargon, you hear our art, K-pop, Korean pop is based off black music. Their whole, their break dance and everything they do is based off. Well, and, and back and black to and back yeah. to like body images. I mean, yeah. now the, our butts yeah. and our lips I, and our, I mean, I was moving into that. I mean, that was next. Yeah, I'm like you have people doing yeah. collagen yeah. injections and and butt inflection. So, you know, you have to be proud to be black. And you know, I hope you bring me back because that's one of the things I was going to talk about. Um, is black 
education, education in our community, black male teachers and the need for our teachers and how, you know, I just remember my mom wouldn't let my sisters have white baby dolls until they were 13, 14 and 15, if they wanted them. And they were collecting at them at that time. They didn't play with dolls, but they, she wanted their picture of beauty to be that of a person of African descent, you know, and so. Right. And that all yeah. goes to that self-esteem thing. So that's what I'm talking about, like with the you know, Lizzo and stuff like I, that. I want my sisters to be healthy, but I also want my sisters and brothers to feel so good at this in the skin that they're in, which I think is a challenge in America because we're told I feel like we're always just being told how we're we're not good enough. And so, you know, it's, it's that balance. I mean, I like, you're talking to the perfect example of a person that grew up with his mom and daddy and aunts and uncles telling him how beautiful he was even when he was 350 38 you know what i'm saying like you couldn't tell me randy you've been knowing me for 30 some years you couldn't tell me i wasn't the baddest brother in the room yeah seriously like you know i just if somebody right. said it and i always tell this story and i know we only have so much time but i always tell this story i was digging this sister when i was in the sixth or seventh grade and my uncle was like tell her you know and i told her and she's like i'm really you know i think y'all used to say i like you like a friend or like you know not yeah, oh, we still, yeah. No, we, look, we still say that. <laughs> Yo, friends, I got friend zoned, and I remember I came home that day, and me and my uncle were hooping, and I was like, yeah, I told old girl that, you know, what you said, and she, you know, she dissed me. And he was like, next, next, find the next one. He was like, you know, he was like, hit the next one with that verbiage, that mouthpiece. And I was like, yeah, and so we were hooping for a couple more minutes, and I said, I said, unk, I said, he said, what? I said, man, I wonder what's wrong with her. And my uncle said, what? Cause he thought I was down because she dissed me. And I was like, nah, I was like, I wonder what's wrong with her. And he was like, what's wrong with her? He was like, oh, so she And I was like, <laughs> every morning this woman who walked like a goddess across the, you know, whenever I saw her interact with other professionals or whatever, I was like, every morning, the first thing my mama used to say to me was look at that little handsome, strong, smart black boy there. That was the first thing I heard mm-hmm. every morning. So, of course, I believe that shit. <laughs> well, also, but you heard it. But also, I do think men have a whole testosterone makes y'all kind of arrogant. And we we are definitely going to talk about that <laughs> when we wrap next time. We definitely got to talk about that man thing. Um, I'm going to holler at you, but I want to thank you for spending oh, some time with us. Great. Some time with me. You know, me. you know, me and you always had a best old conversation. <laughs> you ever. know, I'm humbled that you, you, you you know, would let me come speak to you, but, uh, Oh man, we, we do it all the time. So this ain't nothing but a conversation. You know, I believe in having conversations and I'll, yes, I'll, ma'am. I'll, I'll talk to you. Later. All right. Baby. All right, bye. my brother. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that's a wrap fam with this episode of conversations with Randy B. We will chat with you next time. In the meantime, you can find me at randyb.net, randy underscore underscore b on Instagram, or randyb on Facebook. Catch up with you later. Take care until then.